0: Welcome back to one winning pod where we've been talking about a lot of random stuff that's not the Ravens to keep ourselves in a jolly spirit, but the truth has to come out. The Ravens lost three to thirteen against the Browns at uh, what is it called? Some some Fidelity Stadium or whatever? I don't know. First Energy? First energy. Yeah. First energy stadium.
1: I'm surprised it's not progressive field with all those commercials they were doing when <laughs> Baker was there.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. They got they got bought out. But uh Yeah, it was a really disappointing loss. The team absolutely imploded, uh, particularly on offense, really shot themselves in the foot multiple times. If it could go wrong, my golly did it. And that was kind of my overall assessment when watching it is everything that can go wrong will go wrong in this game. We have some injuries we have to talk about too. And my overall thing is like, you got to learn from it. You got to try to do better. But honestly, you gotta just like flush it too because this is, it's so bad that I just, it could be really detrimental if they linger on it too long because it's, there's not many positives to draw from it.
1: Yeah. I, well, I, I agree and disagree. I do think, once again, defensively, uh, this unit put up another stellar performance. Um, only one touchdown given up. And again, they put it together as good of you would want against this, this team they're playing against. Um, but yes, you know, offense, like you said, nothing, there's nothing good we can say about, uh, the offense outside of the performances of JK Dobbins and Gus Edwards. They should have gotten the ball more. I'm sure we will talk plenty about that. Uh, but there's no way to sugarcoat three points. Um, the least amount of points put up by a Ravens offense since week six of the two thousand eight season. Ravens lost to the Colts 31-3. Joe Flacco was a rookie then. This was early in his rookie career as well. There's no excuse for it. Uh, I don't it doesn't matter if there's a backup quarterback in there or not. It was a complete and utter just implosion on the offensive side of the ball from a play calling perspective, from execution perspective. And then, of course, the special teams was just a, a unit that is almost always a bedrock of this team. Uh, now, granted, they do have some bad games, and when they have bad games, it always is almost always a Ravens loss. I feel like anytime you see Justin Tucker miss a kick, it, it's, a, it's a, the bad omen for the game. This game's not going to be good. I don't have the stats in front of me, but I have a feeling that the majority of games, if not all the games, where Justin Tucker has missed a field goal kick, the Ravens have lost, because it, it feels that <laughs> way. It feels like every time there's a bad loss there's a Justin Tucker miss kick in there somewhere. Yeah. I it agree sounds like a that. good, uh,
2: history corner idea. Maybe that might be, might be <laughs>
1: yeah, honestly you should. Oh man. That sounds too depressing. I try and keep history corner upbeat, man.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Like, like Alec was saying, I think, um, this is a game to flush down the toilet, leave it in Cleveland. Yeah. I mean, my raw, my raw reaction. We'll certainly talk about it. Offense definitely agreed. Um, I, it's just it's just inexcusable man um 3 points against a division rival one that's you know a pretty middling rival i think it, it's just bad i mean it just you know some of the fourth down calls well i'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit more of just like you know the it it's just a little confusing it it's almost like an unraveling of the, of, of our identity almost it it's just you're not really sure what this team is about, and I understand the Lamars out, but it just it was one of those things I think really makes you question kind of the d- direction of this team this year. It just like I it really kind of shot my confidence just in terms of like whether this team can actually do something in the postseason. you know, obviously, like there are some bad games and I think you know the Ravens have had a couple this year, but um you know for more large part of them, I think they've stayed competitive no I think they've you know lost games that they probably should have won I think those you can kind of explain away but yeah this game just had almost everything was just bad offense bad special teams really bad defense I mean I'll give it to you Peter I think they played okay although I I think that they could have improved on third down I think against Watson I really think they probably should have done more but uh (laughs) yeah I think we'll have to see the next couple of weeks like there's still time to rewrite the story, but right now it just, it looks like it's headed for a cliff. (laughs) And like, that's kind of where I'm at. And I think a lot of the fan base, I think right now is kind of feeling that way.
0: There's been a lot of talk about slow death to this team. It could be true. I think it's a very pessimistic outlook of what's going on because I, I do watch around the NFL and everyone seems a little vulnerable. And I think that's, what's a little bit missing in the discourse. And also when you look at it, if we were just to talk level by level, I feel like this team has two problems. Two problems. That's not too bad for a lot, an NFL team, and these these problems could be huge and completely blow up a game. And we kind of saw how that could happen in in this case, at least for one of the problems. I think we've been saying it for a long time on the show, well before the season started, of like you know you need the, like the magic, the luck, like everything kind of just to work out health. Uh, going into the, the postseason I still think that's incredibly true but the thing the thing that the thing is discouraging Chris and what you're kind of getting at with the the fan base problem is like I think a lot of the fan base and it's, it's reasonable to want this is like they want a team where you, like, you look at them like they're bulletproof if this fails we got this if this fails we got that and, and and like this team is not bulletproof unfortunately like they're not bulletproof they do have flaws but they can overcome them if they do xyz And that's kind of where I I sit with them. I, I think I could see a path where the team gets better and makes some noise in the playoffs. But I can absolutely see how these chinks in the armor are our demise and it is a slow death. Like you can write your prophecy either way. And uh, I think the smarter take is to say that it's going to be a slow death and you'll be right. Almost definitely because for <laughs> 31% or 31 of the 32 teams, it's always a slow death. <laughs> so if you want your take to be right, yeah, go for that. But if you want to just like think about it, maybe it's a little bit more nuanced.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I think I, w- I'm somewhere in the middle of you too. Um, something that gives me some hope still with this team is again, Still the, the situation, Lamar's coming back. The defense is playing very well, certainly way better and way healthier than last year. We have Dobbins and Edwards back. If we have Edwards, Dobbins, and Lamar back uh, on the field next game, that's going to be the first time that we've had that since, um, I mean, since the playoff game against the Bills, right? Yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we've been starved from that for a while. That itself could rejuvenate this offense in its, among itself. And, you know, another thing to think about, I do like to look back at things because, like, I think it can help us put some things into context sometimes. Obviously, every season is in and of its own, but the Ravens historically have suffered some uncharacteristic losses on the road um, in December in years past. And that's kind of what I look at this loss as because yes, the offense has been struggling over the past few weeks, but they've been doing enough to stay in the game. Like they were, they were never in this game. The game ended. It it was, it was, it was a bigger loss than the 10 point spread indicates. It it, it really was. Um, But yeah, some other times back in Ravens history, when this has kind of happened before. And some of these, you, you know, you listening might remember others might need your memory jogged. Um, Look, I'll start out with throwing out 2,000. You know, the year the Ravens won the Super Bowl, they traveled to Arizona late in the season, and they're playing a 3-11 and Arizona Cardinals team. And this team, with less than two minutes to go, they are on the doorstep to scoring a touchdown and going up ahead in this game. Luckily, the Ravens' defense uh, puts a hold there, but you very well could have had this 2,000 Ravens team that would go up to win the Super Bowl, lose to a, a, a bottom feeder Arizona Cardinals team on the road back then. Um, and you could have used the same arguments in that game back then as to what you're seeing right now because the offense didn't even score, the offense didn't score uh, any touchdown until you know Jamie Sharper had a pick that got him all the way down to the four-yard line. That's what the offense needed to get in the end zone that day. Uh, 2003, uh, Ravens travel to Oakland, face a 3-10 and 10 Raiders team, lose 20-12. to 12. Just a, a lifeless performance there by the Ravens. Uh, 2011 Sunday Night Football. Ravens get crushed by the six and seven Chargers, 34 to 14. I remember watching that game. Uh, it was around finals time, our mm-hmm. sophomore year, and I remember just turning it off because I was like, "I'm, I'm going to get sleep instead." <laughs> it's like, oh. Having to <laughs> yeah. sit yeah. through that uh, with you know everything going on then, and then 2014, you know, seven and seven Texans team. This was actually a good team, sure, but still a team the Ravens should have been able to perform better against. They lost that game 25-13 to 13, again on the road. That was with the Kubiak-led offense, arguably uh, the best regular season offense that the Ravens had had this year outside of 2019 and 2020 Greg Roman offenses, uh, I should add. But, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously every season is its own thing. Every team is its own thing. Just because those Ravens teams uh, were able to rebound from those losses doesn't mean necessarily that this Ravens team will but I, I mean, we still got to look at this as it's one game, and yes, it could be the the beginning of a cliff, sure. But also, you no, know, we're not talking about a three-game loss streak here. We're not talking about, you know, Lamar Jackson isn't coming back, and seven of the of our eleven defensive starters are are out. And I, I think we got to put that into context and. And just like Alex says, just shake this off and hopefully the team can because their full body of work is suggesting that they're they're in a better spot than they were at this time last year. And again, like I said, I understand frustration from fan base because this is basically where we were last year. Our record was looking great. We were high up in the standings and then everything fell out from underneath. But even though we had this bad performance yesterday, I still have hope that this team can at least make the playoffs. How far they'll make it? we're going to have to see how they look over these past, next 3 weeks but i think I, I think there's still reason to believe that this team can continue to to stay the course
2: yeah i think they kind of add on to it too some recent news from today i think um, i mean certainly you know kind of add on to the frustration from the game i think one kind of natural question you kind of look at here i mean there are lots of questions you know why you know why do we lean on the run game more you know what you know what were the explanation for some of the you know fourth down calls or what have you like there are a lot of questions i think are people people are frustrated people want answers to these questions and you know i mean uh, i'm not i'm not saying this isn't hardball's mo it it definitely is but you know his kind of response to a lot of it is just like you know i don't look into that stuff we're just on to the next game and you know certainly you know rubs a lot of people the wrong way um a lot of people you know we're passionate about this team we want to see this team have success we want to see you know Super Bowls. And, uh, you know, kind of response like that of kind of just like, you know, nobody outside the building, you know, doesn't really matter is, you know, hurts a lot of people's feelings. I think I'm sure, you know, right now, I think, you know, Ravens Twitter, Ravens flock, you know, I I can't, I can't say that you guys shouldn't feel that way because honestly, I'm feeling a little bit of a two. I think it's totally valid to kind of feel this right now. Um, You know, it just, it sucks, man. It sucks kind of seeing your team that, you know, that can do much better than they did that they implode like this. But I hear what you're saying, Peter. Uh, Alec, you know, as well. If like, it is one game, but yeah, I think the the thing for me, I think that worries me the most is just there's a lot of flaws for this team. Kind of what Alec said of just trying to imagine a scenario in which they kind of put things together to be able to make a deep run in the playoffs. It's It's just like looking really, really hard. We'll talk about it, but we've got a fantastic run game. But you try to put that together with a awful red zone offense um that is really lacking passing targets now even mark andrews mr dependable really hasn't been the same guy the last couple of weeks we've been talking about it for a while um you know so to just see like okay what are kind of what back to what you said alec like what's the x y and z we have to put together to be able to overlook some of these flaws or deal with them it, the, the math is really hard <laughs> there's only so many resources to kind of pool from here but uh we're gonna keep covering this team, man. Whatever happens, you know it's 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 gonna happen. We're gonna be here, but gosh, man. Sometimes it's just the the highs are high and the lows are low. And right now, it's not for me, man. It's just it's really low. Here, here is the saving grace of the offense.
0: Okay, people don't want to say it because they want to be like politically correct, and some people want to have this fantasy that we can move on from Lamar with Huntley or something. But here is the thing, man. Huntley is is honestly a huge part of the problem, and it's not because he isn't somewhat capable but like the fact of the matter is the team the defense cleveland was sitting on these short routes all game long because we never ever threatened downfield like we just didn't and i don't know if it's because they don't trust huntley they don't trust their targets but it's honestly like it's just terrible like if you if you never threaten it and they're sitting on these passes like no wonder he threw a pick i'm not saying it was a good decision it was a terrible one and huntley also like forgets that throwing away the ball is an option like you can actually do that when rolling out you don't need to run out of bounds with it like remarkably bad decision making there really stifles a drive and i think i was talking to jason about it earlier and i thought he put it so well that huntley is like the 20th ish like 20 something ish best quarterback in the league tied with 20 other quarterbacks. Like like, that's about where he is. Like there's a lot of people who start that are just as bad as him, but that doesn't mean that they're like good (laughs) or like that's like an acceptable level of play out of your, out of your quarterback. And honestly, it's just like, it's going to be bad with the way he is. And the fact of the matter is the fact that we can run so darn effectively when they're sitting on routes like that and not worried at all about the back end is a huge credit to how good this running game could even be when Lamar Jackson comes back and you get that extra added threat of him running. Like, this, that is the part that gives me hope about the offense, that if Lamar can somewhat fix the downfield strikes is a little bit more of an impressive passer, both accuracy-wise and decision-making, and the natural gifts he brings to improvisation and the run game something could hit we could score points (laughs) like touchdowns could be back did you see the graphic I couldn't believe it but I I was like yeah that checks out no pass catching touchdowns for the wide receiver since week three that should not even be a sentence (laughs) like and some of that is with Lamar right so like don't get me wrong a lot of that's actually with Lamar but that's wild and that is like undeniably the problem like that stat alone should be put up on a bulletin board at the castle that is insanity.
2: Yeah. Well, going back to Huntley for a second. Yeah. I mean, I I, I do I do agree with you. I think um, you know I I, I kind of question his arm strength a little bit um, and just being able to hit some of those shots. But that being said, I, you know I do think it is also it's a little bit an element of this offense just not you know lacking a deep threat once Bateman went down and not really having anybody uh, behind Deshaun Jackson yeah I think he's had like one reception for more than 40 yards or something but he's not a consistent deep threat at this point we're just we're not really using that in our offense right now you know and I want to bring that up too because I think you know Huntley had a lot of success last year I think the offense kind of hummed with him for most of the part we weren't winning as many games but I mean heck we were putting up a lot of points um, and keeping those uh, games close to the wire I think we put up like what 30 points against the Packers 20 some against the Steelers Um, you know we were actually putting up points but I think between, yeah, some of Huntley's limitations as a passer, um, you know, and where the offense is now, I think, yeah, it's just, it's a bad recipe. Um, I think, you know, in a team that kind of lacks a lot of playmakers on the offensive side, you know, Huntley's not going to, you know, he's not a Lamar. He's not going to be that extra playmaker. I think he can operate well if he's got more things around. But yeah, right now, it definitely is a little frustrating. And I kind of hear you too, Alec, with some of the decision making, just, yeah I mean yeah it's just it was just little things and those are fixable you know just like throw the ball away instead of you know losing a couple of yards things like that I think for the most part I think Huntley did get a, do a good job but um but certainly yeah we, we got to have you know still got to try and find some element to this passing game to be able to stretch the guys out because yeah if you can combine that with the run game like yeah that is a formula that you can use to have a successful offense but we're just too one-dimensional right now
1: well, I think the other thing is with, with Huntley is he's a backup quarterback. Um, you know, this golden age of Huntley that we're reminiscing about from last year was really a three-game stretch. It was Chicago, Cleveland, and Green Bay. In each of those games, he threw for over 200 yards, um, rushed for over 40 yards in each of them. I mean, he had four total touchdowns against Green Bay, two through the air, two on the ground. Uh, but then after that is is when things went off the rails. For him. Now, he did, he did catch COVID, so he wasn't able to play against Cincinnati in that game. Um, maybe he had lingering effects from COVID. I don't know in the final two games down the stretch. But uh, no touchdowns through the air on the ground um, in the last two games of the season for Huntley. Uh, three interceptions. Completion percentage was above 70% in that three-game stretch I was referencing before. Uh, plummeted to 62% against the Rams, 51% against the Steelers. Uh, the offense combined to score uh, only 32 points in both those games, 19 against the Rams, 13 against the Steelers. And I mean, he, he's his play has been even worse this, this year, as we've seen. Now, sure, he completed 84% of his passes against the Brown, I mean, the Broncos, but we, we saw that a lot of that was pretty much empty calories, didn't really lead to anything until that final drive. Uh, wasn't doing particularly great against the Steelers before he had to exit that game with a concussion. We all know what happened last game. I think really what it just comes down to is, uh, you know, the the, the book's out on what this offense is going to try and do with Huntley in there. And when that happens, a player and a coordinator need to adjust uh, the game plan. And that's just not happening. And whether is that because of a lack of creativity from Greg Roman or is that because uh, Huntley, who's an undrafted player, Uh, is simply he's maxed out what he can do at the NFL level. Unfortunately, it might be the latter there, and luckily the Ravens have Anthony Brown in the wings that they can see over next year, see if they can groom him a bit to be the backup in the case that he'll be needed going forward. But yeah, that's another reason why I look at this game, and, and I don't get too upset about it because I really think the main issue with this game is simply... That the league has 100% figured out Huntley. They know exactly what they're going, what the Ravens are going to do with him in there. I, I hear what you guys are saying with the deep threats, but they still got DeMarcus Robinsons there. They still got Deshaun Jackson. Mark Andrews is not a deep threat in the classical sense, but as a tight end, he can stretch the field. There was no excuses from a playmaker's perspective. I think uh, for the the ball, to, you know, for the short passing game to be as it was um, yesterday. I think it just comes down to the Ravens know what they can do with Huntley. And unfortunately at this point, it's really not much. I'm trying to
0: find the air yards, but I, I, I'm not having much luck. Like, I would love to yeah, you know, that graphic. Maybe it's on
1: I'll, next gen I'll stats, it. usually, ha- is next, the easiest spot to find of, it of
0: like the, yeah, you know, where he scatters the ball. But I feel like he might have thrown like that one scissors pass that Mark to Mark Andrews to get the in field goal range before the end of the half. Like, that might have been like the most threatening passing through all game, as far oh, as it's like, like 15 the field. yards
1: in the air, I yeah, think. Yeah, <laughs> it is.
0: Like, it's 15, exactly. It's like 15 yards. And, you know, we'll talk about it soon, but you see Desmond Ritter come in the Falcons, and they threw at least four deep shots to just, like, you know, say it's there. Horribly off the mark, by the way. Horribly off the mark, but I think it does allow the defense to play it,
1: you know? Like... Alec really can't wait to talk about the Falcons. I'm, 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 I'm getting probably, a sense of this.
0: I mean, I, I I feel like I prepped for the Falcons more than anything, because I'm just like, please tell me there's hope. And I, I, I think there might be. But... <laughs> like... <laughs> um, yeah, it's just... I just... I really hope Lamar's back soon, and and the passing game gets fixed. But, like, I think the thing we have to talk about with the pass game is, like, every single one of our wide receivers that was activated and playing in this game made a mistake that cost them dearly. Like, turnovers from Robinson, uh, a fumble on an ineffective play from Duvernay, and he just has been really off lately. Uh, He almost uh, lost the ball in that first punt return. Prochet had he drops on fourth down It's scripted might I add plays for Prochet which hurts my soul like the guy plays three snaps they are all scripted to him essentially and he fell short on them uh, Harbaugh alluded to that today and the presser that they were indeed scripted for Prochet and it was intentional to go to him and it's just like
1: uh,
2: like I, that just seems weird I just I don't understand that decision
0: Like part of yeah. me is like I think they think that Prochet has the best hands on the team and they I think they might be right but the problem is you can't just expect a guy to come in for one snap a game or and three just, snaps a game like, and just be like that guy. Like yeah. I don't know. Like, how did you keep me. the guy
2: with the best hands on the team on the bench? Like right. yeah, it's it's yeah.
0: a it's a really weird problem where I, I like think that's what it is. I think it's like, who do we trust to catch the ball? Well, when we watch him in practice, all get the same amount of catches. It's Brochet. <laughs> but like in game time, it's not it's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. And, and maybe he's not a gamer. Maybe he's not, like, legitimately, right? Like maybe he's just not a gamer. But like he has had incredible catches, so like Right. And those are usually the games he's more involved in. So I don't know. It, who knows what it is with Proche, and it really it it, it yeah. makes me disappointed. I'm just disappointed. I'm not saying one thing or the other. I'm just disappointed. Yeah.
2: <laughs> no, but I mean, you're, yeah, you're right. It's just you know, almost every almost every receiver really had a negative play this game, and you know, from you know, we were talking about it of just you know, we're still kind of waiting for Andrews. You know, he had a couple catches this game, but his you know his. um Completion percentage, I think, is is pretty low. I think it was only three for seven or something. Targets, he had some caught. drops
1: too. Like, I mean, got a couple just, of yeah. drops. I mean, it didn't a few look of as them, aggressive as it were, usually does in this game, yeah. in my opinion.
2: Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, a couple of them I think we were a little off target. There was that one, um, sure, I think, crosser, I think, from Huntley just put a little bit too much use on it. But you know, I mean, you've seen Andrews come down with those catches, but yeah, I mean robinson robinson i think is the biggest one for me of like i i thought for the most part he's been pretty solid in terms of um you know not fumbling the ball but it just seemed like every catch he kind of had he's just holding the ball out really far and it's just it's a recipe for disaster like i it really wasn't a surprise at this point that you know he fumbled the ball we got lucky that it it went out of bounds but we well, did have a
1: fumble it, later in the game right
2: yeah that's true yeah yep. yeah, yeah that, and you're right
1: that that one early in the game luckily didn't cost him but uh, i think it was later, on the first drive did. too if i'm not it cost mistaken yardage
0: yeah it, was, first it did drive. cost
1: yardage yes it cost yeah. yardage
0: and then and then the the fumble that he did lose super deflating because it was immediately after the the score or like something that they did positive like it was just back-to-back bad things from uh <laughs> the browns like they were having success and you were just like oh my gosh I think uh, after that, Cade York uh, missed the field goal though and gave us false hope.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's what it
0: was. They right. get the ball, and then they miss the field goal. we are like, "Oh, false hope." <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, that was wild. But um, well, well, why don't we? Okay, we gotta we mentioned a little bit earlier. We gotta pivot about. We gotta talk about something good. Run game. If J.K. has the third gear, what she's talking about, you could kind of put that he kind of put that on himself he's like you know i'm gonna get back i'm not fully healthy but once i get that third gear we're gonna this offense is gonna be transformed i think he's right because at this <laughs> point like he and gus i mean they were they were insane yeah dobbins average almost 10 yards a carry gus is about eight i mean it seemed like almost every play they had except for that fourth down call which was a run to ricard little fullback sneak um they had success on the ground pretty much all game um and it looked pretty great. I, I think yeah, the only thing it's really missing is like how do we translate this run game into um helping the red zone offense. But, you know, outside of that, I mean that's a good enough run game to beat anybody, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, hopefully Dobbins can get that third gear back. There were there were two runs in the game, uh one of which was early on. I can't remember exactly when. Um, but definitely the run um right before the end of the third quarter. Yeah, uh, that he, he took to midfield on 37 yards uh, gain looked like they could have been home run runs if he was fully healthy. Um, the cuts are there. The field vision is there. And, uh, you know, honestly, he doesn't look slow, but you can see it and you can tell that he's laboring a bit, that his, his body is still not 100% back yet. Um, at, it's a shame, but he's certainly trying. Uh, you got to commend the guy. He's had an incredible return from injury. That's got, got to be incredibly difficult physically and mentally to prepare for that, especially having to go through uh, that cleanup procedure after finally getting activated, after having a slow, you know, being deactivated for the first couple games of the season. Props to Dobbins. He's... I, However this season ends, that's something I'm going to feel really good about with this team is just the effort that this man has put uh, to get himself back on the field, to be there for his squad and just give 110% um, props to him. And also props to Gus. His injury wasn't as gruesome, but he's come back and he's looked really good. Uh, just The Ravens, they just got to keep giving these two the rock. Um, I think we're at we're past the time in the season where you're worrying too, too much about the wear and tear on them. Uh, their bodies are going to be as healed as they're going to be. I mean, obviously, for their well-being, you don't want to put them through anything that they can't do physically, and hopefully the, the team trainers are, are in sync with the coaches on that. But, yeah, th- these that that was vintage. That, that's where we saw last saw these guys. This, that, at the end of the 2020 season, that's where we left off with both of them, and it, it was great to see that back on display, and hopefully that'll continue because – like we're saying we're, we're looking for playmakers on on the receiving side but we definitely have two on in the run game right now jk's unreal man he's so good like it's ridiculous like you guys have kept
0: saying like he keeps saying like this third gear is. it could be honestly a game changer for the offense because he's he's that good and he's finding space a lot and i think a lot of people are missing too that there are a couple plays that aren't even the house calls or the home run hits where that extra gear could be pretty useful uh, to get an, uh, an extra couple yards, like he might get run down or have a bad angle, et cetera, but he could still get a, a couple more yards out of it. So I think everything will improve a little bit with that extra gear, but it does seem right now that 35, 40 yards is the max that he'll get on any given run <laughs> before someone catches him, uh, just cause of his, his current, uh, ability looking at it. It's kind of wild. You know, you look at it like we actually had a decent amount of long sustained drives and just the lack of points out of it is is crazy. You know, they did go for it that first drive when they needed to get one yard. A little disappointed to see them use Ricard in that situation for no other reason than, like, JK and, and Gus seem like they're ready. And I just think that they're better, like, runners that could do something with the ball if things don't go right. Where with Ricard, it's like, we are hoping we were able to block this such that he can fall forward. But, like, other than his raw brute strength to to plow forward, he has nothing to offer. You know, <laughs> like... I just think it's it's not as uh, as good of a play, and really disappointed they don't get it. But I think this game, unfortunately, was a huge reminder to, to folks that just take the points. Is uh, it's not a gimme, you know? <laughs> Two missed field goals for Tucker. We just say how uncharacteristic it is, but things can go wrong even in the field goal game, and leave you you know wanting more as well. So. Not to say he would miss a a thirty yard shot, but I'm just saying like it's not as simple as some people make it out to be. Uh, the, every every point is really earned in the NFL, and unfor- uh, unfortunately, yeah, like we've not executed on fourth and one a couple times this year, and it really has been us. But as you can see, it's super productive at the NFL at large. We saw it go against us. We were, they got all the way down there and they scored a touchdown by going for it on fourth and one.
1: So. It's just uh, just the way it rolls, man. It's tough. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, we're a broken record on this show. Almost always, we've, uh, you know, unanimously, which kind of makes it a little bit boring for discussion here, <laughs> decided on, you know, that the problem wasn't to go for it on fourth down. The problem was how the, the play call there. And I think in this case, in today's game, it, it, it was pretty much, yeah, I... I think in the modern NFL you go for it in that situation um the Miami Dolphins did it in the game following and and they kept pace with the Bills they did not pull that game out but they did uh convert that fourth down there are other instances this weekend of teams doing that and succeeding and sometimes it doesn't succeed and then it's really just like any other play (laughs) you know sometimes you run on first down you get a big run other times you don't it's the, the play call was terrible though like like you're saying um Ricard is a big guy. He's not a power runner. It just He has been able to make that play sometimes this year, but it, it never looks good. It never looks like a gimme. And for a guy that big, he should have more push, and and he just doesn't. And that's just the reality of, of what it is as a ball carrier for him. He's He's there to be a blocker, and every now and again, he's able to have a plus play with the ball in his hands. But it almost always works when the defense isn't expecting it and on rewatch, I, I was watching the Browns defenders and they were the opposite of surprised. Everyone was crashing in on the center. That play was dead from the forefront. Uh, if Lamar's there, I'm pretty sure he audibles out of it and they run something different. And then the other fourth down call that I really had a problem with, again, not the idea to do it, but the execution, we're going, not to pick on Prochet again, but they, they had that play where they rushed to the line and, and then had a design scramble out Roll out to Prochet again, and Huntley got the ball there. Prochet dropped it again, like we said, because the coaches are continuing to bring him in cold. It's like, why did you rush it? and why are we going to Prochet in that situation? I don't know. Just and this is a a week after we've been, uh, we were really uh, praising in the last episode the Ravens' uh, abilities, what they've been, plays they've been drawing up, and the execution on third and short and fourth and short. But for whatever reason, just everything the Ravens tried in this game—I don't know if they were overthinking or what—but it just none of the plays seemed like terribly good ideas in this situation. And I don't think that because they didn't work. It's just it just seemed counterintuitive to what we've done this year. That has.
2: Yeah, it's it's really weird, you know, because I I feel like I can even point to a few plays where I thought play calling was actually really good. Um, I think it was the one of the first drives. Um, I think the Ravens got themselves into a third and long situation. Then I'm you know, thinking like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. we're probably going to have to punt the ball here. Um, mm-hmm. Roman calls a, uh, a draw play. Yeah. Brilliant Justice play. Hill. Yeah. <laughs> Great play. Ended up getting like 15, 16 yards, being able to convert the, and get a first down where you thought that they were going to have to punt the ball away. Um, fantastic play in that situation. They caught the Browns off guard and you were able to block it really well and be able to pick up the yards that they needed and continue the drive and, you know unfortunately you know i think that ended up with the turnover in the red zone that we're talking about but like there are plays like that where like we we have like the exact right play for the situation and then there are just other plays where it's just no just the exact wrong play in the situation but it's yeah it's just it's a little bit all over the place um definitely a lot more questions i think for this team to answer but like i said i, I think i think this is going to have to be the story of the 2022 Ravens offense it's it's not something that you know we're not going to get any guys back um, at this point. Bateman's not coming back. Um, You know, I'd feel a little bit better if that were the situation that guys are coming back healthy and like stuff could change on a dime. But I think, you know, it's, it's going to be the same story. I think we're going to have plays like this. Some plays that work really well. Some plays that just don't. Um, The Ravens just have to hope that they have more good plays than bad plays and can get this offense. And ultimately they need to score points.
0: Yeah. That little shovel to, uh, the hill there was so cool, and it's a great way to use those pass catching, threatening tight ends that line up as wide receivers in a way that can really beat up on the smaller guys that they'll go against. Like this is exactly the kind of thing that makes that kind of offense kind of exciting on paper, and it's good to see that it's in the playbook. How do we exploit this more going fur- further? Is I think a huge question mark, and something I look forward to seeing if if there is a plan because things like that is how you can use this minus of like leading on tight ends more because you don't have any real wide receivers as a plus. And it'll just change the way the teams have to approach those players. And I think that's a good thing. So that, I agree. That was a really cool call. It was well executed. And I think the big thing is, while I totally see why people want to fire Greg Rogan, and, and I'm, I'm at the same point where I'm like, we got to move on after this year, no matter what, Like, I feel like something that has to be refreshed. But the the undeniable truth is there are plays that are called, and the team needs just better execute. Like you look at the the way that they execute these plays and they shoot themselves in the foot either with fumbles or drops or whatever. And that's and that's on the players, and that's a big part of it. You know, like unfortunately the coaches like, can't play. Maybe it's for the best. I don't think Roman would do much out of the f- football field, but like, you know, He'd never like, be on the field. <laughs> he never is already. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's he's allergic to turf actually. But uh, <laughs> no, it's just it's just one of those things where I really do think the players' lost is more than Roman, and while I do think there are things that the team could be much better about, and I get why people say that, like the it it was it's definitely a both sides thing. Like the players absolutely need to play better than what they did on Sunday. It's just not going to cut it. At least, and the, and it's mostly, I mean, we're basically talking about the pass catchers and quarterback because the run game is, like, honestly almost flawless. Like, <laughs> you honestly could barely say anything negative about the run game.
1: Yeah, and I think you kind of hit the nail on the head as to why I, I do think, actually, Roman does deserve as much blame as, as the players uh, for this. Because, again, we're talking about how good the running game was and how many carries did Dobbins and Gus get in the fourth quarter, which is something I don't think I need to remind either of you about yeah. or well, anyone it's, listening. But. It's interesting. <laughs> they talk about in the press conference, and they're pretty
0: right on the money about it. It really was that one drive with 11 minutes to go that was the question mark of why they didn't run more. And, like, I totally buy it. I agree. Like, I think they should have ran more there. And specifically, like, Hill and Dobbins were – um, uh, rather, Edwards and Dobbins didn't get a touch after, like – Third that that long third quarter run for Dobbins, and then like I think a decently good chunk run at the very beginning of the fourth quarter, like almost like a play or two later, those were the last plays that they were in on. And I don't know why. Like I think it kind of makes sense to me that Hill might be a really good pass catching option and run blocker, so I could somewhat buy it over Dobbins. But I do think it it was questionable not to use those two running backs and run more on that eleven minute drive. Uh, the four-minute drive, I, you know, they needed to get two two scores. It's it's fine. Yeah, they just passed. I don't care too much. I do think there, there was a level of why are we running it or why aren't we running it even more all through the game? Because the passing d- scenarios are just terrible. Like, I mean, I, I do get the chart now. Uh, thanks, Peter, for the, the link for the air yards. And it's just like, oh, my gosh, 90% of your throws are within 10 yards. Like, <laughs> like maybe... Fifty of them are with between five yards. Like that's just kinda crazy. And uh
1: I don't think that's gonna that's not gonna do it in today's NFL. Well like I said before, unfortunately I think it's just the limitations that Huntley has and the adjustment that the NFL has made to counteracting what he can do well. Yeah, I would say actually if you went to like six or seven yards, it's like eighty percent of the passes. <laughs> It's it's pretty oh, remarkable. Man. Like it, it's just, yeah. It's do you want to talk about the defense, or we just want to ra- uh, rant about the offense? All podcast. I, I, was, I, about,
0: I, was, about I was about to say. I think I think it's offense <laughs> or defense time. The offense, though, I think, really well covered. And here's my statement about the defense. The last couple of games, the Ravens have been the 2022 uh, <laughs> Broncos, where the D does everything that you should need to do in order to get a win in the NFL. But the offense is so pathetic that everyone forgets about it. <laughs>
1: Uh, i wish you were wrong about that
0: (laughs) it's like that's 100% what it is like i I guarantee i wish we could uh, commiserate with a broncos fan i'm sure this is what they've been talking about all year long like
1: well see we we burned that bridge last year though by continuing to make fun of uh why am i forgetting his name vic vic fangio right
0: yeah that's right (laughs) Uh,
1: but it's totally what it is man i do think unfortunately this
0: game did show a few a few things that our defense is not that good at, and if I were uh, a team trying to scheme a way to beat the defense, I think I know what I would do. I was talking to Jason from Huddled Up Films, and he thinks that the good news is, is that a lot of teams don't do that. He's like, it's honestly more of a, a Stefanski thing, so he's actually kind of a good match for what we were trying to do on defense. He's like, yeah, like the Chiefs, the Bills, and the Bron- or, and the uh, Bengals don't really run their offense this way. What I would say is they move the pocket. Like what they did well against us is they moved the pocket, and hit crossers to go in the opposite way a lot. That, I mean, it's super hard to defend if you, if you just think about it for a second. Like, you have to respect the quarterback running the, that direction while also being disciplined enough to go with the wide receiver who is blazing past. They, they don't have to think. They, their job is to keep going, you know, the opposite direction and it maybe catch a ball, whereas you're trying to do both. So, that's a really tough thing to de- defend. And considering. You know our love for linebackers and the fact we have a safety playing uh, slot corner, like we just lack the twitchiness in a way um, to defend that. So it's 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 a good way to, it's a good way to beat us. So like that was pretty effective in the game. And this is what Jason said, and I think it's so true. Uh, particularly, you know, even with Peter's uh, questionable now, if you have your best two wide receivers on the left and you have Marlin covering one and hamilton or some slot corner on the other like it's probably going to be a mismatch match if you have like a good second wide receiver and uh i just think that's a a, a true statement so a little concerned about that going forward with this d but the rest is like honestly stellar and we should talk about it
1: <laughs> yeah and I, I mean i think to um the counterpoint to that is I, that type of offense uh you know, if the Ravens were able to bring an offense into that game, I, they would have done a great job in, um, in, in making it so that the Browns would have to go away from it. I think because that type of offense is, is slow moving. Mm-hmm. Uh, particularly for the Browns, you don't really have explosive players on offense outside of Chubb. Um, you know, all respect to Cooper and, and Joku who, who have had really good years this year. Um, they're, they're not terribly explosive. Um, so, that type of offense, when run by the Browns at least, is not something that is going to be putting up points quickly. So if the Ravens had been able to get a lead, I think that that would have been safe in that situation. But I do agree with what you're saying, though. You do see that. That's on film now. And whether or not teams that's actually what teams are going to do, Just the fact that they know that 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 is something that exists out there as a weakness of this team does make you feel uh, a little skittish as a fan, particularly when we've been relying so much uh, on this unit.
2: (laughs) Yeah, but I, you know, I I will say I think for most of the game, I think the Ravens did a good, a really good job of bottling up Chubb. He did finish with 99 yards, kind of a 4.7 yards per carry average, but uh, there were a lot of negative plays, I think, or you know zero yard one yard runs um, really short runs that the Ravens were able to bottle him up I I think it wasn't until I don't know maybe the third or fourth quarter I think that Chubb kind of had a little bit more of a longer run that kind of inflated that number a little bit but I think for the most part I think the Ravens defense did a pretty good job of kind of limiting that aspect of it and yeah like you guys are saying I, I totally agree if the offense you know does A little bit more scores a touchdown scores you know two touchdowns like makes it a little bit more competitive I I think it's easy for the Browns to kind of shift gears a little bit and then move more toward Hunt and some of their other receiving targets but yeah I mean I I think overall it was pretty good the only thing I think for me that you know was a little bit uh, lacking I think is just um, a little bit more of the rush plans Um, you know I wish we had a little bit more pressure on Watson I think that there were a few where Uh, We just didn't have anybody contain uh, up middle, and Watson was able to escape a couple of those plays and and kind of pick up the, I think it was that one-third and long, I think, where basically everybody rushed outside, and he was able to step up and pick up the first down. You know, there were a few of those, I think, that I'd like to kind of see the defense clean up, but honestly, for the most part, um, I I thought it was pretty solid, uh, you know, given the, uh, especially defensive line, how they were playing. Yeah, I agree. I think there
0: was a couple longer run plays that really inflated that number for Chubb, and and for the most part, the front seven did a great job. A little disappointed in O.A., not saying the edge better against that one play where Watson was able to run for a key first down. That really hurt. Also, uh, you know, disappointing, that face mask on Watson that allowed that drive to extend. However, I don't think the sack is made without the face mask, so he might have been able to scramble and get the first down anyways there, and it wouldn't have been that big of a deal. But, uh, yeah, I think I think that's kind of what we're looking at. Uh, first game by Ojabo, a single snap. I do somewhat buy the game flow problem that Harbaugh brought up as far as why he didn't get more snaps. But he, I think he even said, like, you know, he would hope that get five to seven snaps. <laughs> so it's not like that much more for him. Uh, Kevin Cusick had a good description of the one snap apparently the guy uh did jump off sides a little bit but it wasn't called and it was uh like you know maybe giving him some respect and also I mean, he might have gotten it held i honestly couldn't find the darn play i rewatched it and i knew roughly where in the game it was and i couldn't find his number so i i failed as a uh analyst but i i, I did try to watch it but it's one of my rewatch. I, I don't know did any of you guys see the the singular yeah, style from think- Ojabo.
2: I think it was earlier in the game. uh, It was early, yeah. First or second quarter or something. He's 90. He's on the right. uh, Well, he's rushing against their right tackle um, because the only reason I saw is like 90 was like kind of like in the front of you or something. And I was like, who is not? Oh, Ojabo. (laughs) Uh
1: Nice. It's like the where's Waldo this week. Where's Ojabo?
0: I know I was playing it all game long and I was like, Did he play? And then I saw like a tweet <laughs> yeah. saying he had a single snap and I was like, damn, I missed
2: it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, out of uh I, I think out of all the uh you know complaints and just questions about this game, I think Ojabo's usage is probably at the very, very bottom of me. Yeah, I think he was fine. It, it's, it's just one of those things of like, you know, just temper expectations. It's okay. We have mm-hmm. our outside linebackers are playing really well at this point, so you know, I don't I don't think there's a need for him to play a bunch of snaps. But uh but yeah, I mean, I think uh I think the keys honestly moving forward are going to be these injuries to Peters and uh Calais. Um you know, I think Harbaugh wasn't in really a mood to kind of talk about um any of the injuries today and rightfully so. This you know, it, it, this isn't new. I'm more worried at, at this point I think maybe about Calais um just because I mean, he's been so effective in in that you know revamp defensive line group and uh, been playing extremely well and really really want him to get uh get his hundred sacks he was so close this game uh basically on the play that he got injured was uh had watson dead to rights and just wasn't able to stop him from throwing that ball away
0: i'm more worried about uh peters to an extent but uh and that's honestly also because Harbaugh and the Presser even alluded to the fact that Marcus Peters is the one he's trying to hide the most by not talking about injuries. Uh he like he's like, that's the one that's like particularly I don't want to talk about. And I think it's because the way that you scheme against the pass game when you don't have a Marcus Peters and you know how bad that third corner is, uh changes. It just changes. So we're really lacking outside corners at this point. It's really, really dire uh Stevens will have to be that guy and while I do think it's his best position on the field doesn't mean it's a great (laughs) uh position for him like Pepe's gonna get another chance for sure if he's hurt and uh maybe it'd be Ardarius I guess unsure what the deal is with Ardarius Webb he didn't get any snaps this week uh but I don't remember him being a deactivation so maybe maybe I don't know maybe I just have bad memory but I thought he was active but yeah that that's a That's going to be a huge problem if he's unavailable this week, and I I have a feeling he won't be available this week. I think the rumor is that it's going to be he'll miss some time, which means nothing, but it's probably one of those (laughs) like one to three-week injuries.
1: Yeah, I I agree with what you're saying there. I mean, Calais is a leader on the field, and that's great. Marcus is, too. Um, Obviously, we know his leadership style is a bit different than Calais's, but I, for me, yeah, I agree. The Marcus Peters injury is more concerning just because of the roster game that Alec uh, just laid out there. Defensive line, as much as having Calais Campbell out there, is is a boon for this uh, unit. You still got Justin Matabike there. Uh, you got Broderick Washington. He's playing well this year. Uh, Travis Jones has been stepping up. You got Brent Urban uh, who can step in and has had some quality snaps this year. So defensive line, I, I think you're still fine up there without Campbell. Again, you're at your fullest strength with him out there, but you have you have the reinforcements. Cornerback is so dicey. This has been so dicey this year outside of Marlin. Uh, even when Peters has been out there, we've talked about it extensively. I don't think I'm saying anything that's going to shock anyone with, with that. So... The, all i'm seeing on this injury i don't know what you guys have seen is that it's you know quote-unquote mild calf sprain again like alex said that it can mean anything uh but well you see that term mild and you think okay hopefully he'll be back but again we just we just got to wait we just got to wait and see what happens yeah we'll be keep an eye on the
0: practice reports but anything short of uh some limited practice, I think He's, you're not going to see the field next week. I think he needs to at least have some limited practice. He's been having a lot of rest days anyways, so like, wouldn't judge too much if he has a rest day. Uh, it's just like I think he'll have to have at least some practice. I do think Urban played well in this game. We might be talking about him a little bit more later, which is something good. And, and I honestly, I mean, Matabike, he played every snap after Campbell went down. Washington has been really superb the last couple of weeks it is something that gives me a little bit of uh, comfort is I do think they're going to be able to pick up the pace a little bit better than these cornerbacks who are just such a huge disappointment this year and going to be a huge focus in the off season. They almost always are, uh, but it's, it's pretty, pretty bad <laughs> at corner, particularly with the free agents
1: and everything next year. Like, I mean, we really need to figure something out uh, drafted free agency wise. Well even if we if we do grab a free agent, I mean that's what we did this year, we thought we were set there. Kyle Fuller, the guy who never gets hurt,
2: quality vet everywhere he's been. <laughs>
1: yep. Yeah, no, I know. That yeah. worked out great.
2: Yeah. yeah. That was a <laughs> that was a huge bummer. Huge loss for this team for sure. And
1: that's another way, non sequitur that I, I, I can't like. It doesn't need to be said. Don't worry about it. It's off topic. Oh, man. I feel like it needs to be said. Peter. <laughs> all right, fine. I'll put it in there. I. It just grinds my gears when I read Raven's Twitter and people go, I think, unfairly into how this, the organization and how this team was built this year. I will give wide receiver. We put too many eggs in the basket of Bateman or nothing there. And for, granted, if Bateman and Andrews you know, had been healthy all year it's really all you need in the NFL these days. Look at all these top flight offenses. They really only have two alpha targets, then a bunch of, uh, you know, replacement level guys like the Ravens have there. But it's like, again, injuries are going to happen in the NFL. We didn't really have too many injuries in 2019 and 2020. We've had a crap ton of injuries in 2021 and 2022. I don't think the problem this year has been roster construction or direction. It's been a combination of, of poorly timed injuries, uh, some key players come in half to come back from the you know big injuries from last off season, and yes, some in game uh, you know hiccups with coaching that you know where not enough adjustments were made in the second half. In you know particular games, looking at like Miami uh, definitely and, and Jacksonville in some cases. But I don't know. I, I just I, I see those takes, and every time I see those take, I'm just I feel like it's so lazy. But anyways. I think that needed to be said, Peter. I'm glad you said it. <laughs> oh, Again, I respect I respect people's opinions when they differ from mine,
2: but I'm still going to let my opinion be known. <laughs> <laughs> You're lazy. <laughs> that's, that's, that's how that's how that's how takes always work, man. Everybody wants to give their opinion, like yeah, varying levels of caring about the other opinion, but you gotta get your, gotta get your word in.
1: And yes, like I said, this roster was not put together perfectly. No roster in the NFL ever is, you know, but I think that they put a good foot forward and we're just seeing what happens when yeah. we actually take what will happen in reality and put it on a football field, you know, yeah. against other teams that try it equally as hard.
0: Here's my, here's my crazy take, by the way. I don't know what's going on with Tylen Wallace. Um, truly, I truly don't know and i don't know if they're gonna uh like ever activate kohler maybe his week's next week but here's the thing man boyle had a single snap he didn't do anything on the snap i did find him on that snap i do i do know where boyle was uh (laughs) and i know he has some special team snaps totally replaceable by uh somebody else on the offense the the, the fact of the matter is i want to see him elevate another wide receiver you know be bring bridges in for a game like preseason marvel bridges i'm actually here for it i understand why people are thinking it's crazy like that we're like hoping a practice squad guy will save the offense but like it's not going to be nick boyle (laughs) i can assure you it's not going to be nick boyle and maybe it's kohler and maybe and that's and that's fine like maybe they activate kohler i'll I'll be equally as okay with it but like his activation at this point like i understand they do it one time uh for the last home game and like give him some a, a, a trophy catch or whatever but like Come on, man. We gotta win some football games. You got you gotta have players that are gonna contribute a little bit more than what Boyle's offering right now. And I just think that's an activation that needs a needs a change soon.
2: Definitely a little odd. Yeah. It's it's almost like um I mean I don't know how his contract specifically is, but I don't know if he has incentives for starts or something. But uh yeah, it's just like one of those that like almost feels like a gentleman's agreement to kind of like, okay, we'll make sure that you know you maximize the money that you can get this year because we're going to cut you next year. But yeah, I agree. I think I think it was the Steelers game. I think I remember kind of a play to him that uh, Boyle was in motion and kind of went across the formation looking for a blocker. He ends up running into Andrews, and then the guy that Andrews was blocking ended up like making the tackle. It was one of those like, really, like this is what Boyle is kind of bringing to the table. That was really sad. Um, definitely a far cry from his walking in 2019, but you know, obviously is one play kind of seeing it, but yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Andy Isabella, another guy. Um, Oh yeah. Remember, he exists. He's a human. Remember, <laughs> He's on our practice squad. Yeah. He, the Cardinals cut him and he's, he's going to be now? the
1: call up. He's going to be the savior.
2: <laughs> Maybe <laughs> at this point, <laughs> at this, like at this point, why not? Like, why not try it? Because yeah, Duvernays in the funk crochet. Uh, Nobody knows. I don't even know. I don't know if you can say he's in a funk. Nobody knows. Just I don't Maybe the maybe Isabella will know how to use them. I don't well, know. What's
1: Des Brian up to these days? Is he gonna oh, give no. us a oh, second no. shot? Oh no. Oh, Alright, no. we might need to end this conversation soon.
2: Anyway, um we should we should go to special we should talk about special teams. Um I I I'll I'll preface it with this. I'm really surprised out of the presser today that nobody talked about any of the special teams was because in my opinion, I think they're as big if not, uh, I don't want to say bigger, but they're just as big as the offensive woes, in my opinion. I think total failure on special teams, um, pretty much in all phases. Like we mentioned earlier, DuVernay had uh, you know, kind of fumbled one of the uh, kick returns, and that could have been a negative play. Uh, we had a rough kickoff, which Tucker had to end up making the tackle for. It was called back due to penalty, so it wasn't as bad, but it was a little rough to start the game. Then you had the miss kick, you had the block kick. Um, wow, it just special teams gaff after gaff after gaff is one of those. Like I would have gone up a hardball and been like, "What the hell, man!" Like I, sometimes, sometimes things are flukes and they happen. I'd say like maybe one of them I think would be a fluke, but when you have like that many issues in a single game, like that makes me a little bit worried. Um, I. Would have liked a little bit more of an explanation for like what actually happened there or what's going to go down. Appreciate, obviously, appreciate guys like Tucker stepping up and kind of assuming responsibility for it and saying, hey, it's on me. But um, I would have liked to see somebody kind of ask Carball about that because um, that makes me a little bit worried.
1: Yeah, very atypical game from the special teams. And it's frustrating, too, because in a tight game this is expected to be, uh, where both offenses are not at full strength, and both teams have strong defensive units. Cold weather. Uh, you're up by Lake Erie. You're expecting going. You're going into this game expecting that special teams is going to be the difference. And I, because of how poorly the Ravens' offense played, I don't know if we can if we could say that the Ravens lost this game because of the special teams entirely. But certainly, it it felt like something that should have been a pretty big influence in the game plan. Um, I don't know. It's always difficult to break down special teams for obvious reasons, but yeah, we've come to see a lot of good things from this unit. To see the Ravens really eke out some tough, close wins with this unit and for it to to fall as flat as it did on Sunday was uh, incredibly disappointing. I agree. And particularly, like I said, going into a game where it didn't take too much thought. It would seem to uh, predict that that unit was going to be key in this game.
0: I don't have much to add. I will say I am keep looking at these darn passing charts and Lamar Jackson, man, totally different animal.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's like a different offense. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> You're telling me that Huntley and Lamar are not the same quarterback because they're both run? I am Peter. (laughs) Man, yeah,
0: no, just it's just one of those things, man. So,
2: do we want to do a moral victory uh, award? I got. I think we should. I think think we got to. We got. We got to end this. We got to end this. Move on to move on the Falcons, just like the team.
1: I'll jump right in. Uh, You know, we didn't talk about him uh, when we discussed the defensive uh, game of the Ravens, but that's because this guy just made going on, and he's making routine play after routine play week in and week out. Um, Kyle Hamilton. Yes. He had to play out of position a bit this week that he struggled a little bit there, but I think ultimately performed pretty well given that, uh, had that sack on Watson. It's completely evident that his tackling woes from the first half of the season are gone. This guy knows how to tackle at an NFL level. Uh, he just continues to look excellent.
2: I'll go next. Uh, you know, we talked about him a good bit earlier. Um, I think everybody would probably agree with this. J.K. Dobbins. Um, I think the you know, second week he's been back, he's been having an absolute huge impact on this game. Uh, we just need to uh, we need some guys around him. We need to put this start putting this offense together. But J.K. is a good guy to kind of uh, build the offense around. I'm
0: gonna go with Brent Urban. I mentioned it a little bit earlier. I thought he's been playing well, and we might be seeing more of him if Calais is gonna miss some time. Definitely keep an eye out. But I thought he rose to the the challenge and. When he plays those 20 snaps a game or whatever, they've been high-quality snaps. and I think he'll have enough in the tank if we do have to ask more of him, given uh, Clayus's injury, to pr- keep producing at a pretty good level. And I think this is a, a great showing of an older guy brought in at the end of the uh, training camp or whatever and really actually helps bolster the team and provide quality snaps. He's really good at that, and I think it's always worth highlighting when that happens. Uh, you know, they're not the worst at constructing a roster. That wraps it up for this episode of One Winning Pod. You can find us at Twitter at One Winning Pod. You can find us on YouTube where we have our picks against the spread and also Ravens history every week. And you also can email us, pod at gmail.com. We really enjoy all the feedback we get on the episodes and you guys listening, particularly after a tough loss. I know a lot of people don't want to listen, and our analytics uh, show the same. So thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we understand, man, because we go through it too. Uh, but we're all. Uh, hardcore fans and we definitely want to see the best for this team coming up later in the week will be a discussion about the falcons we alluded to it during this game uh recap that could be a good bounce back opportunity christmas eve it's gonna be horrible weather by the way it's gonna be absolutely like windy and cold just terrible classic uh december football will be played and we'll be covering it so make sure to check that out later in the week go ravens